Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of smart, educated, intelligent people who make very stupid decisions. That shows you that education and knowledge are not enough to give you the wisdom that you need for life. There's a wisdom that comes from God, and what I've also discovered is very few people look for it in the right place. In fact, people are incredibly gullible. There was a Netflix documentary that was released late last year, and it's called Bigram, Bikram, Yogi Guru Predator. What an interesting title. Yogi Guru Predator. And it's about the founder, the guy who founded Bikram, what they call hot yoga, a man called Bikram Chowdhury. And uh, he developed these 26 breathing exercises and these, uh, 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 sorry, 26 uh, postures and breathing exercises. And he said he got them like from, from Revelation. Meanwhile, he copied them from a guru in India. And he brought them to America where people were pretty much ignorant. And he's embarked on, on charging thousands of dollars. He runs these uh, sessions mostly in hotels where they turn up the heat in the room. So the room is boiling hot. You can hardly think straight. And in these hot rooms, they do this yoga. And it's supposed to bring you closer to God and give you spiritual peace. Well, it turns out he was a sexual predator. And he ended up abusing lots of women. Six rape cases were brought against him. And four of them were settled out of court. And uh, he charges up to $10,000 a time to train teachers who then teach other people these postures to get you close to God. And he lives in Beverly Hills, drives around in, in, in these luxury classic cars and lives the high life. And, and he eventually had to flee. He had to run away to Mexico where he still practices this form of yoga. And this is what it says. He, he, he claimed his yoga has helped more than half a billion people worldwide, including Lady Gaga, to find peace. I mean, throw Lady Gaga in there and you've surely got a winner. <laughs> and it's amazing how gullible people are. He even stands on people. He climbs onto people and stands on them. And then he, he, he's abusive in public. And this is supposed to get you closer to God. And people pay hundreds of dollars to just breathe in a hot room. <laughs> but they're told they're getting closer to God. How many of you know we lack the wisdom of God? And people are duped, they're abused, even sexually abused, and people make money out of people, and it's a very sad thing that we lack the wisdom of God. A lot of the time we get our wisdom from television, and, or, or we're in such a hurry that we don't take time to think and to take time to examine life. Uh, I saw this amazing uh, burglar, he, he, there's a video of him and a few clips of it. He, he wants to break into a garage through the window, but the door of the garage is actually open. <laughs> so the window is locked, so he starts to take the entire window out, only to climb through the window into a garage that the door's already open. And I think sometimes in life, we're struggling to get through things. Meanwhile, God says the door's open. Just pause, take a look. Instead of doing what the world doesn't take shortcuts, I've got wisdom for you. Sometimes we learn our wisdom from television. 
the relationships on TV, what people do on TV, oh, that's the way you do it. You meet someone, you have dinner with them, then you walk down the road to their house, then you tear your clothes off and you leave them in a row and you climb into bed and then in the morning before they wake up, you sneak off. We're supposed to be fulfilled. Oh, there was a guy, he was breaking into a house. He saw it on TV. You break in with a credit card. You know, the, the secret agents, do, 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 do. And he took his credit card and he tried to break into his neighbor's house when his neighbor was out, except the credit card broke off and the other half went inside. So he ran away to his house and uh, went and had breakfast in the kitchen. And when his neighbor came home, there was half his credit card. All the neighbor had to do was phone the police and read out his name. He lives next door. Crazy stuff, isn't it? And we get, our, we get it from TV, we, we read magazines. If you go to the hairdresser, the magazine's lying there. We read them, that's where we get our relationship advice, that's where we get our worldview. We've got to begin to look to God for His wisdom. So as we begin the wisdom series today, I want to speak to you about wisdom pretty much foundationally today and, and, and to lay a foundation for where we're heading for the next couple of weeks. And it'll become more practical as we go on. But in talking about learning from magazines, GQ magazine, it's a men's mag, and uh, in 2018, they brought out an issue and they asked all their writers who write for their magazine, would you look at all the classical writings? You know, all the, classic, the classics that are supposed to be so good, you know, like, like, like Oliver Twist, you know, books that are in history that are supposed, supposed to be good. Examine them and see if they're worthy of being on that list. Well, they came back with a list of books and they called it this, the 21 books you don't have to read. And guess what? Number 12 on the list was the Bible. And this is what the GQ magazine are teaching men. Uh, you mustn't read the Bible because it is repetitive, self-contradictory, sententious, foolish, and even at times ill-intentioned. And in the Bible's place, they recommended a book by someone called Agatha Christoph. It's called The uh, Notebook, and uh, this is the trilogy she's written three but, but Ag uh, Agatha Christoph wrote, wrote this book, and it's a fictional book, not even truth, about a world where there's no empathy, no feeling. So guess what? We've replaced the truth of God with a fictional book about a world where there's no feeling, and we think that's going to help us be successful. We're living in a time where we desperately need wisdom. South Africa needs wisdom. Can you say Amen. And people put their hope in the wrong people, in the wrong things, in the wrong methods. And uh, our country's clearly in trouble. We've got a high education. We've got a sophisticated constitution. But we don't have God's wisdom. And I love what uh, Thomas Huxley, he's a British anthropologist, he said this. He said, the only medicine for suffering crime and all other woes of mankind is wisdom. And you know what's happened in South Africa? We've substituted God's wisdom for our own. Solomon, just in one verse, kind of gives us a hint at it. Ecclesiastes 7 verse 7, he says this, extortion turns a wise person into a fool, and a bribe corrupts the heart. You see, when you use your own wisdom and you take shortcuts, you end up in trouble. You end up with a country in trouble. And it's time for God's people to understand God's wisdom and to apply it. They say in business circles today that we have a leadership crisis. I don't think we have a leadership crisis. We have many leaders in positions who shouldn't be there. What we have is a wisdom crisis. People in positions who don't have the wisdom to do what's needed in those positions. 
People say, oh, we have a relationship crisis. You know, marriages are breaking up and people no longer want to get married and, you know, their family problems, you know, it's the world we live in. No, 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 it's not a relationship crisis, it's a wisdom crisis. People don't know how to conduct their homes and families and how to raise their children. We, we say in the financial world, there are so many rich people and there are too many poor. It's inequality. No, no, it's not a financial issue. It is a wisdom issue. And when you have wisdom, you manage family, money, and leadership correctly. But unfortunately, there are relatively few wise people around. Wisdom is actually very practical. If you're making notes today, wisdom is really knowing what to do when to do it, and how to do it in every area of your life. Isn't that true? Aren't you grateful, and I don't say this boastfully, aren't you grateful that your church has wise leadership? We've got great leaders in our church. We've raised up wise leaders who know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And the fruit of it is manifest. People say, well, how do you know if someone's wise? Usually pastors who are deep, and you can't understand them. They're wise. No, they're stupid. When you're deep, you're confused. When you're clear, I think he's wise. Because educators take simple things and make them complicated so that people can be impressed. Communicators take complicated things like heaven and make them simple. And if you want to know who wise people are, it's not just those who look deep. Look at the fruit of their lives. How is their life, what does their body look like? And I don't mean their looks they were born with. What does their body look like? What does their home look like? What does their garden look like? How do they, what, what's the inside of their car like? Has it got KFC, layers of KFC boxes and chips from three months ago? It's not wise. Disease breeds there. Maybe even the coronavirus. Ooh. But you're understanding me, just practically, you can tell a person's life by the outcome of it. We've been married 47, we'll be married 47 years next week. You, you, you can't do that. You can't do that with some wisdom, without some wisdom. It's not just endurance. And it's not just failed murder attempts. It's wisdom. Knowing when to say sorry. Knowing when to forgive. Knowing what to do and how to keep, how to keep sustaining something. Come on. We need wisdom and wisdom is available to us from God. I'm so grateful for God's wisdom. But we, you know, we're in the information age, not the wisdom age. And we think information is wisdom. John Nesbitt uh, he wrote a book called Megatrends way back in 1982. Interesting book. He said this, we are drowning in information but starved for knowledge. Isn't that true? We know so much but we know so little. And Bishop Dale Bronner, he's a pastor from Atlanta, actually speaking at our men's conference next year. I preached for him last year when I was traveling in America. Lovely man and you're going to thoroughly enjoy him at the men's conference and at the services. A brilliant, bright man. He wrote a book called Power Principles, and I want to read you a quote from it, because this is what he describes our world as. He says, we are devouring information and consuming knowledge while starving for wisdom. In America and in many other countries, we have people who are physically strong, but weak-willed. We have children using superior technology, 
but receiving an inferior education. We have laws that are legally right, but morally wrong. We have abundant food, but less nutritional value in it. We have rich homes, but relationally poor families. We have greater quantity, but lesser quality. We have more possessions, but less contentment. These troubling conditions tell us that we urgently need the influence of wisdom in our lives, our families and our communities, our schools, our businesses, and our governing bodies, even our nations. I think that's so true. There's so much of the wrong thing. We need the right thing. And the right thing is God's wisdom. Chuck Swindoll says of wisdom, and we talk about spiritual wisdom, because just knowing stuff and knowing what to do naturally is not always wisdom. Chuck Swindoll, he's a great author from the States, he says wisdom is the ability to see life with discernment as God sees it. Not as grandpa sees it. You can go to grandpa, grandpa, you're 96, so tell me. I'm wanting to get married. And grandpa's been married four times. You see, age doesn't bring wisdom. Sometimes age just comes by itself. With all respect to older people. But he says it's the ability to see life with the sin as God sees it. Then he says the God-given ability to see life with rare objectivity and to handle life with rare stability. Not with stability, with rare stability. I don't know about you, but I want to be amongst the wise. I want to be amongst the wise. Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is not to be wise. Many men know a great deal and are the greater fools for it. To know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. How many of you know Christians who know a lot about the Bible? If you ask them, where is that verse? They, but when you look at their lives, they've got a bad attitude. Their marriage isn't successful. Their kids hate them. And at work, they're known as the weird one. Can I tell you, if, you go to, if you're going to work and you're being weird, don't tell them you're from rivers. <laughs> we need God's wisdom. God's wisdom is attractive. And I'll talk about that next week and we'll unpack this in a greater way. And, uh, and we've got to be careful that we don't think knowledge is everything. T.S. Eliot, the great author, said, where's the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where's the knowledge we have lost in information? You see, because we're technologically advanced and we've got the internet, we think we're wise. But it's much, much more than that. Isaac Asimov, he's edited and been participant in writing some 500 books. So I think he's got something to say. He said, the saddest aspect of life right now is that science gathers knowledge faster than society gathers wisdom. And people are putting their hope in science. Now, we're not anti-science, but we want God's wisdom first. Then we want science. Because God's the creator of the world we're living in. We need to understand it through science, but we still need God's wisdom. A man called Max Born, who died in 1970, he was a close friend of Albert Einstein, and he mixed with, with uh, nuclear physicists. He won the Nobel Prize for Physics in 54, 1954, and he was a Christian, and he was interviewed on television way back in 54, and he said this, I'd be happier if we had scientists with less brains and more wisdom. So it's not just knowing stuff. How many of you have had people that you know they've got three degrees? But when it comes to the practical side of life, they just don't, don't know what to do. Because it's just knowledge, but it hasn't got a wisdom about it. 
I remember when I was growing up as a Christian, we had a guy in our church. I think he had five degrees. He was nearly 40. All he had done is he left school and studied. And when you met him, he had that like vacant stare. He was in our connect group. You'd see him and I won't mention his name. He'd say, hi, how are you? And you'd think he was like examining you with mathematic principles. <laughs> but he'd often have food in his beard. And he wore a tweed coat from like 19 yonk and he was looking for a girlfriend. I'm like, it's never gonna happen. Would you pray for me? Yeah, oh, we'll pray, but there was very little faith in the room. <laughs> but did he have knowledge? Man, through the roof. Are you with me? Now, we're not against knowledge. But think of this. Jesus never studied. He grew in wisdom and was filled with wisdom. That's what the Bible says. He was filled with it, but and he grew in it. Some of us, we, we, we're so filled with it, we don't need to grow anymore. Been there, done that. No, no, we need to keep growing. And then what they said in his hometown, where did this man get such wisdom? Because universities don't give you the wisdom of God. It comes from the word. But I'm not against studying. Thank God for doctors, nurses, scientists, engineers. We need everyone to be intelligent, but we mustn't replace that. Are you with me? Replace the wisdom of God with that. No, no, no. We need the wisdom of God as a foundation with that added to it. Are you with me this morning? And you'll see here... Brilliant people can make bad judgment calls because you'd be operating in natural wisdom, not spiritual wisdom. Now, let's read a few verses here. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul writing to the church, he says this, do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. Now, he doesn't say to be an idiot. He's saying you need to change your mind about what true wisdom is. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. Why does he say this? Just pause for a moment. Keep the verse up on the screen. Why is he saying that? It's quite confusing. What do you mean? He's saying if you have the wisdom of the world without God's wisdom, it's foolishness. He's not saying if two plus two is four is foolishness. No, no. He's saying if you build your life and live your life on the foundation of God's wisdom, then you're wise. But if you do anything amazing, you, you, do, you, do, uh, you, you invent things and, and you live a life that's way up here, but it's not built on God's foundation of wisdom, you're actually a fool. It's quite a staggering thing. And then he goes on to say here, for the wisdom of the world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows that the thoughts of the wise are futile. So we're not anti-science. We're not anti-technology. We're not anti-knowledge. But we need God's wisdom. And, and especially, listen, you can't push God or Jesus out of the way and then say, I'm wiser without them. Look at what it says about Jesus. By the way, through whom everything was created. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. Paul writing to the church says, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. Don't listen to clever ideas, philosophies, and man-made religions. Christ is the wisdom of God. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In fact, because God created the heavens and the earth through him. Are you with me? And we mustn't be fooled. People say the church should move with the times. No, the times must move with God. 
And we can wear skinny jeans and fashion, and you can drive the latest cars and decorate your home and then redecorate it and so on. Uh, Thomas Jefferson explained it to us. He was the third president of the States. He said, in matters of fashion, swim with the current. In matters of conscience, stand like a rock. So we can't just float along embracing fresh, fresh ideas. He says, those are fine-sounding arguments. Keep, keep your eyes on Christ and on God's wisdom. Are you with me? Now, let me explain it to you like this. The sun, the sun is incredibly bright, thank God for it. And every day when the sun comes up, we're able to see everything. Now, we don't get up in the morning and go, wow, the sun. We look at the road in the light of the sun. We look at our books and our our gardens and our homes and our industry, in, we have electric lights, but we, we use the light of the sun to see everything clearly. It's the same with the sun, Jesus Christ. We look at everything clearly in the light of the sun, not in the light of the world, because the light of the world is actually darkness. So don't just look at life in the light of the sun, of the natural. Look at it in the light of the sun, Jesus. And if you're not getting light, it's because you don't want it, because the light is there. John tells us this, and I want to read this this morning because it's pretty scary. There's nothing that we lack. It's, it's, uh, God's wisdom is available. It's that we don't want it. John 3, John says this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives in the truth comes into the light so that it might be plain, seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Does that make sense? It's, it's an interesting thing. Have you noticed how dark nightclubs are? I know Rivers Church, when we started in the zone, was almost like a nightclub. You had to come in and feel people. Sorry, sorry, excuse me, forgive me. It was to create atmosphere. We didn't have enough light. But here's the thing. When you go into the darkness, you always want to hide. Why is crime committed at night? The, the, the time that people break into homes, guess what time it is? It's mostly 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the morning in the deep dark of night. The light is available, wisdom is available. We need to look at everything in the light of Christ. And that wisdom is available to us. And can I say this? People say, oh, the Bible. The Bible's filled with ancient stories. What relevance do they have for today? Clearly you haven't read the Bible. It's pouring with wisdom. Read this book that you're going to get at the end of the service. Just read that one book alone and study it. I tell you what, you will have treasure for your life. Treasure for 2020. But we're going to study so much more because there's wisdom. And, and the Bible isn't a natural book. People open it up and so-and-so begat so-and-so, begat so-and-so. Oh, yeah, I knew it, yeah. No, this is a whole lot of rubbish. Yeah, I always thought Christians are nuts. Yeah, they, no, no, no. The Bible is not a history book. It's much more. And can I say, you read the book of Genesis. In the book of Genesis, you read about beginnings. That's what it means. But actually, the book of Genesis is pointing to the end. Because it talks about Moses, but Moses is a picture of Jesus, the one who will lead us out of sin into the promised land called heaven. A man called Joseph, it writes about Joseph, but while it's writing about Joseph, it's, it's speaking about Jesus, the one who would be rejected by his own family. 
He would be cast into a pit, but he would rise up and become the ruler of the world that would feed his people. It's all, you see, only God can write about the beginning and point to the end. No other book can do that. In it is the wisdom of God. And so it's important that we are not fooled. Church, never forget that right in the beginning, in the book of Genesis, when we start with Adam and Eve, you say, well, a whole lot of fiction. No, what you need to understand is it's the problem that is still plaguing the world. The devil offered Eve substitute wisdom and made out that God's wisdom wasn't enough. Did God really say? That's what he said to the woman. He doubts God's authority, he doubts God's wisdom, and she falls for it, and the world is doing exactly the same today. They're looking for alternative wisdom, thinking it's better than God's wisdom, and the results are exactly the same. Pain, broken relationship with God, and suffering. We must embrace God's wisdom. So let me give you one practical way this morning that we can embrace God's wisdom. We need to understand what spiritual wisdom is. Are you with me? Spiritual wisdom is very different to natural wisdom, and we'll read some scripture here. And, and I want you to remember, when, when people say the Bible is, is full of fairy tales and nonsense, one of the most highly educated people in the Bible is the Apostle Paul. And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. So when it comes to it not being intellectual or not being wise, that's a wrong understanding. And Paul writing to the Corinthians from a highly educated background says this, 1 Corinthians 1. He says, where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not know him. See, the world's wisdom says, we don't want to know God. God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jews demand signs, Greeks look for wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block or something that's hard to get your head around, to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those whom God has called both Jews and Greeks, in other words, everybody, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. Can you see that? See, people look at Jesus on the cross and you go to cathedrals, you don't, know, you don't know Jesus. You go to a cathedral, there he is, all thin, sad. He's got a look on his face, they got me. And there's a little trickle of blood, shame, undernourished, he was poor, he had nothing. They caught him in the garden, they got him. No, 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 it was God's plan all along for the son of the living God to be hung on a cross, to die for the sins of the whole world. So what looks foolish is actually incredibly powerful. But you've got to understand, that's the wisdom of God. God works in ways that people don't understand. We think that Jesus needed to be a political leader. He needed to be president of one of the strongest countries and stand on a platform and be worshiped and make righteous decrees. No, that's not how God works. He still doesn't work like that. He works through the preaching and the foolishness of the cross. Are you with me here? And so we need the, the word of God needs to be illuminated by the spirit of God. Here's another one, 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 13. This is why, sorry, this is what we speak. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities 
with spirit-taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the spirit. The person with the spirit makes judgments about everything, all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. Have you wondered why your family doesn't understand you? Are you going to church again? Didn't you go during the week? Weren't you at a pre-meeting? You're going again. And I tell you, they're taking your money. I've been past that building. And on and on they go, and they sing those stupid songs. Jeez, those people are gullible. And on and on they go. Why? Because they do not discern what's happened in your life how God has become real to you, how you've met with Jesus, the, the wonder of sins forgiven. They're just looking at it in the natural. And then they're seeing those who are liars and deceivers and using that as the wrong one. And sadly, in the Christian church, there are those who use people, just like the guy from Bikram Yoga, unfortunately. But when it comes to true spirituality, people will never get you. And, 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 and it says here that uh, the things that come from the Spirit of God, they consider foolishness. Are you tired? 10%, are you crazy? Some people don't even pay that in tax. Because it's not spiritually discerned. Are you with me? And you'll never be able to explain it. I remember when we became Christians, we tried to explain it to our family. No, no, you, no, we've got we to talk to you. have got to listen to us. We've got to come sit down. We've got to talk to you. No, you people have lost your minds. They're going to take all your money. They could not understand spiritual things. And we've got to understand that we're living in a world that is completely contrary to God's wisdom. And we've got to embrace God's wisdom. And, and one of the things the world does is it constantly goes against God's wisdom by calling things by other names. Have you noticed in the world today there's no such thing as sin? No, there are no sinners. Everybody's good. Everybody's right. You can be a complete lunatic. You can call yourself anything you like. You can give yourself any kind of name, any kind of gender, and we must all go, oh, wow, yeah. No, no, it's crazy. Sin is not a, you can't call sin a preference. It's sin. You've got to call it what it is. There's a Chinese proverb, I love it. It says this, the beginning of wisdom is to call things by their right name. But you see, you know where this has gone wrong? Not only have we redefined sin, and behaviors, we've redefined the world we live in because we, what we've said years ago already is there is no God and this world we're living in wasn't created by him. So any laws or regulations or rules you read in the Bible are not applicable because there is no such person who said that. We've got to go back and say, hang on a minute, the guy who created this, the God who created this, he said this and he was the one who thought this world up in his wisdom. You all with me? See, creation is incredibly important. L listen to this. Proverbs 3 verse 19. Stay with me. We're nearly done. By wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. Everything you see was out of the mind and the wisdom of God. By his knowledge, the deeps were divided. And the clouds let drop the dew. Have you ever wondered, eh? If it didn't, the dew, it's light. It's just enough to make the grass just a bit wet. Amazing, eh? And then during the day, there are thunderstorms. Job, the book of Job talks about it again, oldest book in the Bible. 
Job 38, who endowed the heart with wisdom or gave understanding to the mind? Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of heaven? They say in the Hebrew here, the word count, you count the clouds. It's, it's the word mis, uh, miflas, which means balancing. There's a balancing act going on up there. Do you know that it takes 8,000 little bits of water being evaporated from the lakes to make one raindrop? And then when it does rain, guess what happens? It waits until there's 300,000 tons of water in the sky, and then it tips and it comes on. Oh, but that just happened, eh? That just happened. No, that was the wisdom of God to make this planet habitable. But we've, we've pushed that out the way. So anything else that he has said, we push out the way. And today we have conditions, preferences, and we know best, and we've even redefined the whole family. And we want to know why we've got problems. Because we've done exactly what Eve did. We've listened to the devil instead of the creator. And we've gone down a path. Am I making sense this morning? The God who created, do you know there's one, listen to this, there's five quintillion atoms in one drop of water. That just happened, you know. Think about your body. You're lucky to be alive. How are you breathing? Sure, that was an accident. So grateful for repeated accidents across a minute. Do you know the Voyager 1 spacecraft set off, listen, in 1977 to explore interstellar space? It's been going for 43 years. They say by 2025 it will have run out of fuel. When it, it will have run out of fuel, this is how far it would have traveled. Listen carefully, 24 billion kilometers. How many would agree that's pretty far? Well, 24 billion kilometers is only half the length of the DNA strand in your body. But you just happened. <laughs> well, by the way, some people live, you'd think they just happened. No, 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 no. No, no, and if you want to keep calling monkeys your uncle and your auntie, no, you can do that. And we will agree with you sometimes when we look at how you live. We're strong possibility. Now, come on now. This, we've got to go right back to the beginning when he with the great wisdom, Christ in whom all the treasures of wisdom created this place. And we just overlook it. Why? Because we love darkness more than light. You just have to look at creation. It's clear that God is there. Whales, they sing songs that can be heard 16 kilometers through the water. And then there's this little bird, it's, a, it's an eastern meadowlark, 150 grams. It sings a hundred different songs. Oh, but that just evolved. They were in a tree one day. I'm tired of that song. <laughs> okay, I'll sing another one. You watch National Geographic and this evolved. And the chameleon's tongue evolved. Well, the question I have is what happened before the chameleon's tongue? How did it actually get this far? Was it sucking with air, <laughs> sucking flies in, or come on, man, you're crazy. We've got to think, but our thinking has been so destroyed, we've got to get back and say, God, what you said, you thought this up, your wisdom is best, and even if sometimes it's tough, it's right. Come on now.
Let me just give you one more illustration, then I'll close. Our time is up. Have you been helped today? You know, I was reading this article, and it so gripped me because there's just so much on the wisdom of God and creation. If you would imagine a thickness of a piece of paper, I think I've got a piece of paper in my back pocket. Yeah, if you imagine the thickness of this piece of paper, if you were trying to measure the distance from earth to the sun, and, and, you, and you call that distance this thickness of paper. By the way, that distance is 147 million kilometers. I mean, that's far. But say we, now you go, huh? Yeah, we all do. So, so we'll call it the thickness of this piece of paper. Well, then from the sun to what they call the nearest star, and Taurus A and, and Taurus B, the nearest star, let me get this right, because they're scientists, you'll get hold of me in the foyer. <laughs> then that distance would be a stack of these papers, 21 meters high. How high is the roof? This roof is only 16 meters high. So can you see the vastness? He said, well, and? Well, then let's just measure our galaxy, the Milky Way. And the Milky Way, it would be a stack of papers, listen, 482 kilometers high. That's the vastness of this. And there's not just one galaxy called the Milky Way. There are many, many, many. And here we stand on the earth with our little pea brain. I'm cleverer than God. The, where in the Bible does it say? And we've got wrecked marriages, wrecked homes. We go from job to job. We make a mess of our money. We make a mess of our lives. We hide our sin inside. And then we want to come out and act all clever. God looks down and it's true what the Bible says. He laughs from the heavens. <laughs> We've been created for amusement. Let me close with this. You know, there's, there's something I read about recently. They say many people die of disease, not because there isn't a cure, but because they didn't know they were sick. Men get prostate cancer, but because they can't feel it, they don't go for a checkup. You need to go for a checkup. No, I'm fine. I'm, look at me. I feel great. And they call that condition, the ignorance, they say, to be ignorant of illness, it's called anosognosia. It's a particular condition. And you know what I think? I think sometimes people have got anosognosia when it comes to wisdom. Because they feel okay, they don't realize how much they lack and how in danger their lives are. I want to pray with people this morning because you know what? Wisdom is available. Wisdom, you know what wisdom's like? Wisdom's like a GPS. You have it in your car, but if you mail, you don't use it. <laughs> I know the way. <laughs> we'll get there, man. I can see the road. What do you think I am, dumb? And then when we use it, it takes us on the shortest route, saves the most fuel. We don't end up in dead ends. You know what? The wisdom of God is here, but sometimes we don't realize what a dangerous place we're in without it. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.